When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Churros y Tacticas podcast on a Tuesday. We're a day late. Very sorry. Diego Lorin is here to join me, Kian Sobani, to go over a very eventful weekend in La Liga. Uh, a bunch of big games, a bunch of big score lines that affect the table. Las Palmas 2, Getafe 0. I'm going to go over some of the results because they're interesting. Las Palmas 2, Getafe 0. Girona 2, Valencia 1. Athletic with a big 4-0 win over Rayo Vallecano. Real Madrid, comfortable win without half their team over Granada at home. Then a bunch of draws involving Sevilla via Real, Real Betis, Almeria, Mallorca, Alaves, Osasuna, Real Sociedad, Cadiz, Celta Vigo. That's, uh, that's five draws right there. And I guess, oh, here's, um, it's a minor talking point, but I think it's worth mentioning, Diego. Uh, Barcelona also had a very comfortable win over their best friend, Atletico Madrid, who, uh, gave them a nice early Christmas present. Their biannual Barcelona gift. Uh, just wrapping them with bow ties and gifting. Actually, it's, it's, Diego, I think it's more than biannual. It's like three or four, right? Cause you got, they give you the six points home and away. They also give you a free player at the end of the season. They, oh, at four. Cause they, they take a, a player off your hands that you don't want as well. So, um, nice. I guess we should give some credit to Barcelona. So, cause they did have to put the ball in the back of the net once. They did that. So, uh, congrats on that. I don't, I don't have we? enough. I need, I need some water. It's very salty. <laughs> water badly. My God. Need some water. Stat. Just drink a, that. Is, dehydrated. That espresso looks good, but that's probably dehydrating you a little bit. I saw you drinking an espresso earlier. Welcome to the show. So, How was boy, your weekend? I, I was hoping that be, being a day late, that, that saltiness would have kind of uh, dissipated or evaporated or what, what happens to salt? It, it dissolved uh, a little bit by now, but it's still very present, man. To be quite Which, honest, I don't think you, I think you, you're misunderstanding what salty is. I'm not salty. Where do you see the salt? Very. I'm just going over just the facts. You. When you go over the historical, factual things that to this in the encyclopedias of the oh, world. Oh, minor talking point. Oh, facts Basa. without bias. Oh, best friend. Oh, oh, easy win. Oh, Are they not your oh. best friend? What did I say that was so wrong? Well, everything. First, okay. that it wasn't an easy win. Second, that it, they're far from being our best friend, mind you. Uh, they have uh, held us up in, in, in trial, like player transfers that you say are freebies, are far from free, being freebies. We pay an exorbitant amount of money for players that don't work out, who we then, if anything, let re- like we allow them to go back home and return on a freebie. So if, if there's anybody doing anybody favors, it's Barça to Atletico. Uh, wow. And this win was massive, man. This win was massive. Atletico was, I mean, heading into this game, one of the top teams, like top informed teams of La Liga. Uh, that's not an, an, an exaggeration whatsoever. And it was huge. I mean, if for Barça to pick up three points or 
worse yet, had we lost any points in this game, it would have, you know, if last week I was talking about La Liga lost, it would have been a definitive KO uh, with Girona coming up next, you know, the, 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 the second hottest team in La Liga at the moment. So it would have been ugly. This was a must, absolute must win. Not only did we pick up the three points, we did so by playing some of our finest football, uh, despite the... Uh, inability for some to uh, or willingness for some to recognize that uh so yeah man uh, happy to get into it but don't tell me that shit ain't salty that you're spewing out <laughs> your mouth at the moment. it's it not salt is. i'm just stating facts bro i'm just stating facts no, without, without any emotion well, involved facts. no i mean look uh, for us ideally we would have uh i think a draw would have been the best result for real madrid because uh i firmly believe yeah, atletico are title challenge you know contenders by the end of the season i think they're really good this year so i think both barca and barca for that matter too they'll be there at the end so i think barca atletico both dropping two points at this juncture of the season would have been the ideal result for real madrid uh okay i'm, I'm curious to, like we can kind of go through the weeds and get into the details of of those games and and see how how you felt um it is interesting because i i saw a little bit of um of Real Madrid in that first half Atletico performance away to Barca. So just the fact that I think the narratives were kind of similar at halftime that oh Barcelona playing some of their best football of the season, Atletico or Real Madrid playing some of their worst football of the season. Second half Atletico were much better. Uh just like Real Madrid were, but Atletico just didn't have enough firepower. And I, I think like individually speaking some of their forwards who got into good goal scoring possession uh positions like Correa just were not sharp at all in this game and, and Barca defended well at the end but I, I'm curious to kind of get into the weeds and see how, how you feel but I I, I don't know like because I saw on Twitter you were re completely rejecting this idea that Atletico don't you know just gift you points you know you do know the numbers right you you make it sound like it's Espanol. Like no, I do know that Jolosin or that the last win at the Camp Nou was what like seventeen years ago or something crazy like that. Um, he's that never doesn't mean that those away are... at a Barbar. He's never won. Fifteen times he's gone there. How many has he won? Zero. Big fat zero. Yeah, I, I, I again, if I'm not mistaken, I think the last time that they did pick up a win. Ferran Torres scored a goal, and this might be inaccurate. I know it has been a very long time, but don't make Ferran it sound to like Fernando that. Torres, you mean? Oh, uh, Fernando Torres, yeah. yeah, sorry, sorry. El Niño, El Niño. Um, you, again, you make it sound like we're, 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 it's, it's Real Madrid Español. I mean, there is a team that literally gifts you guys points. You know, that, that was a guaranteed six points each and every time. Well, I don't deny that. Español are our allies. But you're denying your right. alliance with Atletico. Because to we're not. Be points. <laughs> they, they, there's nothing but hatred. Well, there's in particular hatred from the Colchoneros over towards us. Uh, we at least so. have the decency and class to applaud them, the entire stadium, when they win the league campaign at our own ground. Uh, some say unfairly so uh, because of an offside uh, or a, a goal that, that was wrongly disallowed. Uh, so, so there isn't that much animosity, I would say, from from our way to uh, to them, but um, you know they're not allies, man, and they 
certainly do not gift us, uh, us points. I mean, you just said yourself that you see them as a title contender. Espanol, when you, you can't say the same about Espanol, uh, why would, in what interest would it be for them to gift us points? I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm not even going to entertain this thought, Kian. You know your, yourself damn well that they are not coming to our ground to gift us points. Give us a little bit more merit, in this case, to Xavi and uh, what Barca managed to do after what were you know subpar performances okay we came off of the uh, qualifying against uh, for for the knockout stage in the champions league against porto playing a little bit better than we had in in the prior games but we were far from being the informed team heading into this game and atletico was but on the day yesterday we showed our better side and we dismantled cholo i guess once again Uh, it's uh, a frustration that he has to continue to live with and hopefully he will do for, you know, years to come. But uh, it's not like you make it, you're, you're, you're oversimplifying and demeriting this, this win in a quite gross manner. Uh, so, yeah. Listen, Diego, I think Barcelona... For somebody that claims that, for somebody that claims that, that, you know, the smart people go on uh, the Managing Madrid podcast and you guys have such a high football IQ. Do yourself some justice. I don't. I, everyone else does. I, I definitely don't. I don't. Just to put that, just to put that on the record. Um, <clears throat> no, I thought Barca played well. But uh, I think, you know, they were hanging on a little bit in the second half. But they defended well. Um, it could have been more than 1-0. Lewandowski in particular had two phenomenal chances that, you know, quote-unquote, older Lewandowski would have buried. Atletico also hung around long enough that, you know, as they were piling on the pressure in the second half, they may have been able to nick it 1-1. It could have gone that way as well. But I thought Barca deserved the three points, and they played well. Uh, I think it's, um, you know, the big the big storyline, obviously, like the headline is João Felix, and it seemed like so predictable that he'd score against them. I'm I'm curious to know how you feel about this because... He is doing this thing where he's burning the bridge in every conceivable way with Atletico. Like, the, br- the, best, yeah. the bridge has been burned down, but he's gone back and also just chipped away at the, <laughs> at like, the, each of the, each side where the land is. And he is just making it bridge proof. It's impossible to rebuild the bridge. He has, like, snipers there. If anyone tries to rebuild the bridge, he's going to snipe them down. Is that a, a good strategy or is that something that could potentially backfire? I'm curious to know where you stand on this. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does seem that way. He clearly doesn't want to go back. Um, I think you have to... It's understandable. Uh, I, I think it's understandable for all sides. Uh, already before his move to Chelsea, was he displaying his... Uh, like, I had like... And kind of a what would you call it like a disgruntlement or yeah an adverse uh, behavior and attitude towards Atletico the organization or the team or Cholo uh, he didn't want to be there and that became more and more evident with the passing of time and you know they they shipped him off on a loan to Chelsea it was sort of his way or his chance to maybe finally solidify uh, a move away 
permanently from the club. Things didn't work out uh, work out with uh, the London club. He had to move back. And then in the summer, we were seeing the exact same images that we saw prior to his departure to uh, the Premier League. And that was just a player that in the practice already made it very apparent that he did not want to be there. So what do you do? Uh, Cholo, like any manager, doesn't want to have players in his squad that are not committed to the cause. Um, you know, it can be poisonous. It, it obviously doesn't help when it comes to creating a team spirit, uh, all rowing in the same direction, if you will. So they did what they had to do and, and, and uh, they looked for uh, an option out. Now, you know, throughout the entire summer, we were kind of like, oh man, is this really going to happen? I didn't think it was going to happen. I didn't even want it to happen, quite frankly. I was vocal about that. I had my massive doubts about a Joao Felix who seemed a shadow of him, uh, of himself, his initial self, uh, who, you know, had gone through this quite poisonous spell and, 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 uh, looked like a lost soul. I think I referred to him at, uh, at the time, uh, at least in footballing terms. Um, and all, he made it very clear as well that all he wanted to do was, you know, come to Barca. So it was a matter of uh, time. Uh, who was going to run down the clock? Uh, eventually, you know, time was on Barca's side because there were no other clubs that, that came knocking on the door looking for the Portuguese youngster and Barca won themselves alone. Now, what Atletico did very well was um, extend his contract, which was, of course, running out, and they signed him to a long-term deal. Kian, I think you pulled up the, the contract numbers a, a mm. couple of podcasts ago, but it, it's like beyond 2026. It, yeah. it, I think it's... Signed him to like twenty eighth or something. Yeah. Um, so so that that plays in their favor. But but what are you gonna do? You know, it, it seems that right now Chami's very happy with him. The team is happy with him. He's happy to be there. He's had a great start. Had a bit of a dip. Now has made a, a resurgence against his. Uh, I was gonna say former squad, but but it, it's still technically his. You know, he's still an Atletico player. They're paying his wages. But uh, he clearly doesn't want to move back to Atletico. I can only imagine a scenario where he finishes off the season. We'll see in what state. We'll see how the impact that he has had on the game, on the team, where the team finishes in the league standings. Uh, but I see a scenario where he will most certainly go back. And then it's up to negotiating between Barça and Atletico to, um, or I should say specifically between Deco and Mateo Alemán to see what Barça can get from. Uh, there you go. For... Gifts from your your you have a you have a sporting director in Barça and then you have one there with your best friend. This is this is corruption, man. This is unfair. This is unfair. It's us. It's Real against. Hey, don't forget the Mateo Alemán. friends over was, at was City. At Mallorca, at Valencia. He's a professional. He's a professional. They're, they hired him Crazy, for a very man. good reason. I'm still quite quite flabbergasted or, or like I, I'm confused as to why Barca let Mateo Alemán leave. Um, you know, I don't know if it was a wage thing. And, and you know, we know he had, of course, a, a massive offer from England that he eventually rejected from Aston Villa, I think it was. But... It, it, it's quite weird and strange that he has ended up at, at Atletico. Um, good for them because I think he's a pro and, and he will approach this as a pro. The point is, is that 
I can see the scenario, you know, play out where Barca will have to negotiate with Atletico for transfer of Joao Felix. They will say, well, he still has, you know, whatever it is, five, six years left on his contract. This is his buyout clause. Uh, we want 80 million. And Barca will say, we ain't got that. We ain't got that. We ain't got that. And then England, Saudi, or, you know, Barca get their way and we get them for a more reasonable amount. But, you know, I, I yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's interesting. Uh, so it'll be, it's a cute, interesting case. Yeah. I mean, you brought up the contract. So that's really interesting because it seems counterintuitive to renew someone to a contract like that. Someone who you clearly don't really want at your club. And then you have to ask yourself, why would Zhao agree something like that? Well, I think in Zhao's case, it was probably a, a matter of security for a player who seemed a little bit unwanted in Europe. Like, I don't know, you know, at least this guarantees me money for a few years. And where I end up, how much I play, you know, we'll have to just figure that part out. But I have the contract in the bag, at least. I, so like, you know, I'm putting myself in the time machine, thinking back to Zhao Felix in his early days for Atletico when he first signed from Benfica. And that's a player I really liked, even at Atletico. I, you know, I remember writing about him. I, I remember praising him just the way he glided on the pitch. I loved the way he played. I loved the way he carried the ball. I loved the, you know, kind of the bounce and the elegance he played with. He was a very tidy player in tight spaces, a player who could create a player who could get you up the field in transition the way Atletico were using him at the time. Then, like, you kind of fast forward, and obviously, like, it just kind of goes south with Atletico. And really, if you think about it, going to Chelsea was the worst possible place you could have gone. Chelsea was a shit show last season. Every player was struggling. No one looked good because the team was a mess. There was no sporting vision. It was just a mishmash of players. I mean, I'm thinking of even the fact that we played against Chelsea last season in the Champions League. They relied on Zhao Felix to be the guy who's going to bury the goals against us. And of course, if Zhao Felix does a bunch of things well, goal scoring prolifically is not one of them. I mean, he's received some criticism uh, from the media even after the Barca game. Like, you know, even from some of our friends, that, and I've been reading it, saying like, well, Zhao Felix... This is a one-off game. Uh, it was like a revenge game. He's this is only his second goal. It's, it's you know, and I thought that was a little bit harsh because obviously he does stuff outside of scoring. But goal scoring is not going to be his this his strongest point. That's not what he can't lead the line as a goal scorer. But he can be kind of the guy who plays behind the striker, does some of the creative work. So Barca, and you fast forward a little bit, Barca is a, a perfect place for him. I don't think any team in the world would have offered him what Barca gave him this year. Barca needed help. They were not in a great financial position to, to sign other players. And uh, they play a brand of football that suits Xiao Felix, right? A lot of possession, a lot of the ball, a lot of touches. That's great for him. Now you fast forward again. Let's, let's, let's think, think ahead. The summer arrives. What's going to happen? Because... On one hand, the the bridge with Atletico is burned. So it's a situation where Barca want, will want him. Atletico will want to get rid of him. You'd think like, that's like a natural, okay, this is where he goes. But what is Atletico going to ask? Like, what is Atletico, are they going to say, okay, well, we just want to get them off our hands, whatever, 20, 25 million, take them. Or are they going to be no like, 
you don't think that's going to happen? So what's the alternative? I because like the other realistic because I don't think he's going to stay at Atletico. So the realistic scenario, if it's not Barca, is that okay? Well, we'll just bump the price up, and his value was higher now than it was a year ago. So we'll get the Premier League teams to bid for him. That's the only other solution that I can think of. What do you think? Yeah, that, that, that's exactly what I think will happen. To be really honest, and you know, call me a pessimist, but. Uh... I just don't think that Barca will be in a position to shell out uh, 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 even a 60. I, I think they're going to not 60, go below I don't think so. seven. No, I, I think they're not going to go below a 70 million. Wow. Uh, He's not worth yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, even the, I mean, the papers are reporting 80, you know, the, the Atletico won 80 million. Um, you, you wonder where they get that from, whether it's you know leaked information or whether it's just based on on his his bio clause or and, and the years left on his contract or what. But then it's Premier League or Saudi League. Yeah, but who's going to pay eighty million for Zhao Felix? Yeah, well, like I mean, dude, the Premier teams, League have got. Yeah, they have the money, but why would they do that? Like they can. I don't think that's best bang for your buck. I mean, these guys like are. Like, let's look at City for example. Who can obviously afford anything? Where are they gonna? Why would they spend eighty million and bring Zhao Felix? He's not gonna. How much is Zhao Felix even gonna play? They have a million players in this position. Then you're looking at maybe the Newcastle's. He's not going back to Chelsea. Yeah, Newcastle, you, Newcastle, I you guess. Got Tottenham. You got Tottenham. You got Tottenham Newcastle, was not gonna spend Manchester. money on Zhao Felix. No way. Like, but maybe Manchester like United. That, maybe you're getting into Aston desperate. Villa's. Manchester United, Manchester maybe. United man, desperate yeah. right now to to. I mean, and they have been desperate, but I mean, with the way their season uh, is going, you can only imagine how it will end. I mean, they will have to throw their fan base a bone um, if it's going to end the way that it uh, started. So <clears throat> I, I think there will be suitors. I think the money, as you mentioned, is there. Uh, an article came out with. The astron astronomical, astrospheric, astrospheric? No, astronomical, astro. I don't know what you're you trying know. to communicate. Astronomical. What's another astro? Like, like, just, just insane amounts of money. You can just say astronomical. Yeah, astro I thought there was one beyond that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the astronomical f figures that they are getting uh, in terms of revenue, you know, TV rights and everything. Yeah, it's, it's just on the up uh exponentially so uh and 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 again a, a team with tons of cash in a desperate situation if joao felix finishes the season off in a high i'm sure they would you know grab that opportunity with two hands and and and, and throw uh 70 80 million in atletico for joao felix who's still just only you know 20 something little years old like uh he's still so young this kid it's, it's it's insane yeah i think uh it's look this has been huge for his stock i mean he he got a lifeline from barca i think and uh it's completely changed his value and that that's obviously a good thing for atletico like so i think all in all it's you know it's a good thing for atletico that he's playing so well because they still they still own his rights, obviously. Um, yeah, twenty-four years old, has a whole career ahead of him. Probably, I, 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 yeah. I mean, I think it's worth saying though that 
it's really up to Joao as well. I mean, yeah. he certainly hit the ground running and his appearance, uh, his game against Atletico was, was, I mean, phenomenal. It was uh, Joao Felix at his best. But there was a, a patch there where he kind of faded away into that Joao that, uh, you know, that resembled the Joao at Atletico or, or, or Chelsea. Like he, he kind of, he certainly had a dip that was, um, I, I, I found concerning. I, I, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I've certainly been converted into a Joao Felix fan, a Joao Felix believer, if you will. Uh, but when, with the passing of the games and the performances that we saw went from mas a menos, from, from, from good to bad, if you will, uh, as we quite, you know, um, as, as we went through in the last podcast, quite in a, in a detailed manner where, where we were going through the game. So, okay, this game was, was probably Barca's peak, right? We were talking about Betis. We were talking about first half uh, against Madrid. But, but games that you were like, okay, let's see if Barca can build on these performances. And it just seemed to drop off drastically uh, in a way where you were like, wait, you know, where are all these players? And, and, and we were pointing fingers at Lewandowski. We were pointing fingers at, at uh, some of the players in the midfield, Bundigan uh, as well for that matter. Uh, but I think Joao Felix was one of those players where you're like, wait, what happened to Joao? Like, where is Joao Felix uh, when, when he started off so well and, you know, the time that we need him the most. So I commend him and I'm super happy for uh, his game against Atletico, but I hope it wasn't just a one-off where he felt, you know, inspired in the moment to play against uh, his uh, old side and uh, try to kind of, you know, play that game with a chip on his shoulder and prove a point. And now, you know, in the next game against Girona, he's going to fade into the shadows again. We'll see. I mean, this is the one part, though, I think, because that's a really great point that you brought up. You know, it's up to him as well. This is not a sport that is as ruthless as the NBA where you can just move players around as if they're just objects and little business pieces and, and not real humans. <clears throat> but that's why I think he'll end up at Barca by the end. If I had to bet, because mm. he'll like he can talk to Alan Money and be like, Hey, look, man, I don't want to go anywhere else. Just please facilitate this for me. Just make it work. And, of course, Alemani doesn't have to do that, but he can also, if Alemani lines up, if we, if, we, if we both agree that he's not staying at Atletico, then Alemani can line up an 85 million offer from Newcastle and Jao Felix can, be, and can just say no. Mm. So what are you going to do, keep me? So that's why I think mm. going back to Barca is pretty realistic. Um. What we'll number? See. What figure? If you would, would toss a figure, I don't know. Then that's the problem. That's the barrier. It's mm -hmm. that Barca is not going to pay. What's the maximum Barca would pay? Do you think? Forty. I don't think they're paying maybe forty. Fifty. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't see it. Mm -hmm. I mean, hey, look, things will change, though. I mean, you guys got seventy million in prize money at least from just qualify from the round of sixteen. That's been something that you haven't had in the last couple of years. Things are looking up financially, I think. Um, although you know those levers have not been bought back and you're still losing some long term money, but I don't know. I guess we'll see. Who knows? Maybe Zhao Felix just turns in stinker after stinker after stinker from now until the end of the season. And Atletico like, saying. oh shit. 
Now we're screwed. Now no one wants him. So mm. I don't know. All right. Well, let's table that. Maybe it's too early to have this conversation, but I thought it would be fun I'll t- at least. I'll tell you what. If No, it is fun. And I'll tell you what. Uh, my <clears throat> stance will change on Atletico being a friendly club, and I will side. I'll stand by your side and yell it out at the skies, at the clouds, that uh, Atletico and Barca move hand in hand if we get Joao Felix for less than 30. Think about the history, man. They took Luis Suarez off your hands, who Barca were trying to get rid of because he's playing with painkillers every day. He went for free. He went for free. David Villa went for free. Was it the contract expired? Yeah, it was like the end of the contract. I mean, he... he... Okay, fine. Let me well, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. For some reason, dude, dude, I thought dude, it was dude, something just on else. No, no. I mean, look, I, I was I was saying it on the spot too, so maybe I misremembered. I thought I thought it was uh, if it was a free agent. I guess it's a different story. Um, well, what was the other one? What What was the Memphis situation? Uh, Memphis. I, I want to say like he, he. I mean, we got like what, like maybe a couple of mil, and by that <laughs> I mean like no more than two, literally. Well, I mean, you were just trying to get rid of him, so. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying that, you know. Well, what about, uh, case, was, and then and the whole Griezmann thing was just favor after favor, right? Well, not really. In the end, we sh- we paid more than 120 mil we, with the fine. Like, you know, again, like they, they dragged us through courts on that one. And we, I think that we settled for like an additional 30 mil. And in the end, it cost like 150 or something. Thanks, Bartomeu. Another one of his uh, brilliant moves. <clears throat> I mean, even that Champions League elimination you guys brought you brought up on Twitter that Atletico knocked you out of Europe. I'm like, I think they tried so to Suarez, let you win that, but Luis Suarez was nine nine million. Nine million, according to, according Jeez, to man. the transfer market. They give you nine million for a player who can't run. Sua- Hello, Suarez did some goods for that man. He did. He helped him win La Liga. He won La Liga, exactly. <clears throat> well, in hindsight, and, and in, but Villa as, as at well, the right? time, at the time, you were trying to push him out. You didn't. You didn't want Suarez. He was one of the guy, old guard you wanted to get rid of. Kuman didn't want Suarez. Correct. Again, right. I feel that the favors are lay heavier from our side to theirs. I, I I don't think. Like, well, this is your this is your form of payment to them. This is in exchange for the free points in La Liga. You're gifting them. And, they and, gift and, you. David you scratch Villa, their back. David they Villa, scratch your back. David Villa went for two million. Unbelievable. <laughs> favors, bro. Favors. Unbelievable. <laughs> You're talking favors. <clears throat> if anything, and again, man, like entire come no applauding them winning the league campaign. I mean, now, like now, now I, I go don't through Diego. The animosity. I don't understand the animosity of of the Colchoneros towards us, man. We have been nothing but gracious. Uh, Memphis went for three million. Now go through the history of Real Madrid and, Let- and Atletico and Real Madrid and Barcelona. See all the favors that are non-existent between the two clubs. You'll get your answer. You guys, you guys love each other. You guys just are off in a different room. I don't know doing what. Rounders just that. fighting this uphill battle against all these. It's it's one one team versus 
it's like the 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 alliance of the, of Barca, Girona, Manchester oh City, God. Atletico oh. Madrid, Seferin, Negreira. It's out of control, man. <laughs> out of control. Oh my days! All right. Yeah, what else did you want to talk about? Anything on your list? Uh, let's talk a little bit. Well, I, I mean, the news just has come through that uh, Ter Stegen has decided to get surgery. Yeah, that's so big. he'll be sidelined uh, for a long time. And on that note, I wanted to talk about uh, Iñaki Peña before the game. Yeah. Uh, in in the pregame, I think in a pod that I did uh, myself last week, Ian. I was talking about Iñaki Peña and how highly I rate him um, and how I felt that the three sticks, the, the Barça goal was was well protected under Iñaki Peña. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at least in the game against uh, Atletico, you saw that uh, he did those words justice. I thought he had an excellent game, a great performance, uh, kept out two goals, like two sitters, uh, or sitters, I should say. I mean, Memphis had uh, a, a brilliant free kick that he kept out in a spectacular fashion. Then I think it was Correa. Was it Correa? Like deep in the in the second half that had a chance. Yeah. Shot it right at him. Uh, shot it right at him, true. But uh, uh, so maybe Atletico wasn't really the test for him uh, in that sense. As he didn't have to make a massive crucial stops. Um, but I think, you know, this this could really be a moment where Iñaki Peña uh, puts his name on the map and now that Ter Stegen will be out uh, for, uh, well, long term. I, I don't know. I haven't read the article, but he'll be out for an indefinite period. I, I saw somewhere two, three months. I don't know where I saw it, um, okay. but I, I don't know for sure. This is something I saw somewhere. Uh, Iñaki Peña looked good. Um, I thought Araujo looked good. Kunde uh, looked good. Kunde looked good. How good is Frankie the Young, my man? You that love your midfield players. I've been a huge Frankie fan for a while, man. I think he's awesome. Yeah, he's great. <clears throat> um, I think I think the game against Atletico was maybe the best, where like the best showcase of the Barca midfield. You know, with all respects to Gavi, but uh, with him being out, it was between Frankie, Pedri, and and Gundogan, who uh, has been solid, but I th- still think he has room for improvement to get to his, let's say, city self. Uh, I, I liked what I saw very much, in particular in the first half, of course, what I saw from the Barca midfield. Can I transition this? Please. So, yesterday, Jude Bellingham picked up his Golden Boy Award. And I was trying to figure out, like, what do I say about it? What do I say about him? And I didn't really, I couldn't really figure out what to say or what to do about it, other than just say he won it. You can go on some rant and make up stuff about the Barca PR machine that is yada, 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 and... Well, even the Barca PR machine was not strong enough to. I I think no. Let's be honest, man. Because this goal, this was so. I mean, he swept this one away. It wasn't even close. Even the Illuminati guys were like, "Hey, guys, I think this one 
we should stay out of this one because it'll be too obvious we exist if we if we take this one away from Jude. But that you definitely know they're plotting a way that like, okay, guys, if Messi scores one more penalty for Inter Miami, we got to put him number one, uh, and and he takes the Ballon d'Or. You know they have that yearly Copa America now. You know if he wins that, it's over. It's over for the rest of us. He's gonna probably Copa win America's yearly. No, sure. pretty much. I mean, it's almost every year. It's like every two years for every, every Euro tr- Euro trophy that Cristiano has to win. There's eight Copa Americas that Messi gets to play, and he gets to play against like Saudi Arabia and like whoever's invited to Qatar, whoever is not even in South America. They invite and they and then they applaud him when Di Maria carries him the final. It's out of control. No, but seriously speaking, I want to go back to Bellingham. Um, I think what makes him special is that, you know, you see him carrying Real Madrid in a way <clears throat> that you go back to the summertime. The fact that we sold Benzema, the fact that we didn't replace replace Benzema with uh, a star striker. We just brought in Joselu, and I don't need to go there and explain why Joselu is not cutting Benzema. And we're all like, man, we're doomed this season. Who's going to score unless Rodrigo really chips in? And, of course, Vinicius has missed half the season. Rodrigo only started scoring a couple games ago, more than a couple, a few games ago. And you look at the fact that Bellingham has 15 goals in 17 games. No one saw that coming. And, uh, you know, I tweeted kind of the fact that he, he dominates so many statistical categories outside of scoring as well, including defensive one, like he leads the league in blocks. I th- there's the other aspect of this is that he just, in addition to carrying and getting his offensive numbers, he does so many of the little details, and he also makes all of his teammates better. And I think there's a leadership aspect to him that we haven't really seen in a long time at Real Madrid. And in a different way, he's kind of like the Sergio Ramos of our team now, not in the same stereotypical kind of like way that Ramos was like that, you know, that combative, fearless figure who, who, who barks and bites. But Bellingham is like the kind of leadership of like when Joselu finally scored against Napoli, he runs over and takes him to the crowd and points to him. He's just good vibes all around, man. He's, he's a humble guy. Everyone likes him. The fact that you can come into Real Madrid, barely speak any Spanish, and he's still struggling with that, according to him and Carlo Ancelotti. He's, he's not really picking it up. But somehow is like the guy that everyone looks to. He's the alpha of the locker room. Everyone, there's like a hierarchy. He's number one. I don't know how that happened. It's incredible. Like it, There's just an aura about him that I, I haven't really seen at Real Madrid in a long time. He's got to be like the most lovable superstar we've had in ages. At this level, mm-hmm. to be loved this this much by everyone, <clears throat> it's uh, it's really special to have him. So that's just kind of me trying to figure out what to say about him. Because like I, I, I couldn't really figure out what to say because everything, we just say the same. I felt this way about Messi and Ronaldo, by the way. It's like every game, they just do so many great things. You're like, you don't know what to say anymore. Like, okay, oh, Messi did, uh, he dribbled past eight players and scored. Cristiano scored his 
fifth hat trick in like a month. Wow. Okay. Cool. What what do we analyze here? Like he's just on a different level. With Jude, it's kind of the same. Like I, I'm losing words. So now I'm talking about his aura and his leadership. So there you go, Jude. Congrats yeah, on the Golden I think Boy. He's the Sure, yeah. Congrats for finally uh, picking it up after losing out to Pedri and Gabi. So third time lucky, uh, and he deserves it. I think this is uh, quite truly the season where he's captivating uh, headlines and fans internationally. I mean, you talk about uh, him endearing him to the, the Bernabeu loyal. I, I would go so far as to say he's that kind of player that also rival fans um admire respect and would want to have on their team uh he's he's certainly special uh in 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 all the in all the aspects that you just mentioned right and in, in all the in all those regards and facets like obviously his approach to the game is playing ability whether it's goal scoring whether it's vision uh and presence it's uh you know you have a player here that is in the making of becoming a superstar uh right now he's a star but i think in a few years we'll be talking about a superstar with uh if things go his way and uh i mean what else does he need to be a superstar right now i think he is a superstar well he no 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 a superstar you i think you earn the right to be branded a superstar once you win collective but uh, uh, so individual and collective trophies right now he still has everything to prove collectively and that's what the point i was trying to make is that to the detriment of of barca fans i think we're in the making uh, of a, a superstar here because i think he will go on to win both individual and collective trophies uh meaning balones de oro uh and you know liga God forbid, Champions League titles. So uh, I think that is what the difference right now and between, say, a star, a bright star, a bright young star, and a superstar that is, uh, you know... So you're talking about, like, like consistency over years of, like... Consistency, but also, I mean, at the end of the day, the silverware, right? Uh, this is his first season with uh, Real Madrid. At Dortmund, he never managed to get over the Bayern hump. Uh, obviously, they didn't win Champions League or, or European titles there neither. So it, it's it's putting all of that into fruition. We wouldn't be talking about Michael Jordan as the GOAT or a superstar if he hadn't won any uh, NBA championships, you know, for all of the MVPs that he might have uh, won. You know, I, I think a superstar, a true superstar, is is also gets his entire team over that hump of of winning chips and silverware and trophies. That uh, at the end of the day, at the end of a season, at the end of a career, really defines an entire player's uh, an entire player. Yeah. Well, I think we can both agree he's on that trajectory anyway. Of like, if he That's continues this, yeah. Um, yeah. I can see the point. I mean, yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it's, 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 there's, sorry, Kian, just, I mean, you know, there, you could argue this, and I'm sure there'll be people commenting in, in your comment section talking about me maybe being salty or trying to take uh, credit away from him. Uh, because as, as I was going on that little monologue there, a name like Charles Barkley came to mind, who I think in his all right, 
was certainly a superstar, you know, won MVP trophies, but never won a ch uh, an NBA championship. Um, you know, I, I guess the debate is what defines a superstar, right? Is it just individual trophies or, or should we add collective trophies in the mix? I see the thing is like, I would argue Charles Barkley was a superstar, but mm. there are levels to like, like Jordan, LeBron, <clears throat> you know, Kobe, Russell, all these guys, they all kind of sit at their own table. Hmm. And, you know, Barkley still was a superstar, but sits at a different table, you know? I think it's kind of grouped differently, that's all. <clears throat> um, it's like, it, it, let, let's keep it a football terms. Griezmann, his infamous words. I sit at the table with Messi and Cristiano. Yeah, he does. That was, <laughs> that was his peak. <laughs> that was his peak year. Well, with the exception maybe of, of last season, but that was like peak. Antoine Unless Griezmann he was speaking about like that one season, maybe he was. Right. I, even, right. I don't remember what season it was. I think there was one where he was like third in the Ballon d'Or, wasn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's great to believe well, you, that. You, you guys have a great, very special player. Sorry, go, go. No, I mean, it's great. Like, I, I don't get mad at him for saying that because I think you have to believe in yourself that you are the best, even if it sounds kind of delusional to the rest of us. Like, I admire people who really believe that they're the best because you need that kind of mentality. So there's, I don't see inherently anything wrong with him saying that other than the fact that he is wrong when he says that. But it's fine to believe it. But, yeah, I, I mean, I think... I, when we're talking about the best players in the world right now, at least based on form, I, I, I don't see anyone who's been better than Bellingham. I mean, you and I kind of touched on this last podcast. Uh, I mean, I, the only one I can think of like right now in terms of like actual form who is playing at that kind of level is like Harry Kane is doing some amazing things right now at Bayern. Mm -hmm. and, but like I, I mentioned this too on Twitter, like when we're talking about if we fast forward to the Ballon d'Or, at the end of 2024, we're there's a bunch of things we don't know right now. Like who wins the Champions League? Who's going to win the Euros? It's an inter international year. That's huge. Yeah. We know that Holland can't possibly win it because he's not in it. We yeah. know that Mbappe has a great chance to win it, and that matters. England's pretty damn good. If, if Bellingham, I mean, if Bellingham somehow wins the Euro, I think that's pretty much that's 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 a huge huge thing for him. Um, Certainly. and if he wins, I don't know, I don't know if Riamdra can win the Champions League this year. I, 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 you know, it's really hard for me to see anyone beating City. And, um, you know, he has, but he has a good chance to win La Liga and be the Pichichi and go far in the Euros. In the end, you might, I think, like, you know, people like Mbappe and Holland and Kane or whoever will be there at the end, at the end of the finish line. And of course, Messi, because he breathes air on the earth. So he's going to be there. But I think he definitely is in the conversation right now. Like, if, if like, if the Ballon d'Or was unfairly chosen right now, I think. Messi's, Messi's done now. Like, that's. There's a Copa America this this coming year in Miami. Come on, man! They literally built it for him to win it, so he can win another Ballon d'Or. And he's back in there. Let's go, Messi! He's the, come on, man. He is. If he wins Copa America, 
You don't think he's going to be at the Ballon d'Or next year? I mean, he should be there every year. Yeah. Be happy with what you got. Relax. The the, the messy trauma that you guys have endured <laughs> for two decades is it, there is trauma. Undoubtedly, friend, there's trauma. Happy. Undoubtedly, be happy trauma. with what you got. Jude is a is a fine player and a fine young chap, and uh, you guys can be happy and build on that. All right. And you got more stuff coming up, so you know you have. Uh, let's see. Any any, any Guler Arda Guler news? How's his uh, recovery going? I don't know, man. I'm. I can't speak no? about him until I see guys... him on the field. I I'm kind of. That's another one that it just feels like every time we have a chance to see him, there's a setback, setback, setback. I mean, to the point where we we fired our chief medical officer um, with his yeah. injury, yeah, yeah. right? Nico Mihic, right. the Croatian guy. Um, mm. So I and think all this frustrated. Because of the Guler case. No, it wasn't solely. It was the Guler case was the, the the final straw because there was arguments with him. I mean, he didn't want Guler to get surgery, and the doctors, other doctors, wanted him to get surgery. There were disagreements there, but this also goes back. I think there were problems with the Hazard thing, and Benzema. Um, had big injuries last year, and apparently there were disagreements there on how to deal with what was happening with Benzema. And there were other cases too. Um, Alaba last season as well. There was constantly kind of like tug and war with him, disagreeing with him. And I think Goulart was like, all right, buddy, you're out. And who knows? I mean, I'm not an expert to know if he was actually, it was actually his fault or not. Maybe it's just bad luck with these injuries. You know, Hazard doesn't take care of himself. Who's going to save him? You know, like, what are you going to bring in Dr. Strange? Not even Doctor Strange could could help Hazard at that point, so I don't know who's at fault or not. But the Guler thing is really frustrating because he's obviously really talented. We just want to see him play. We're just kind of like, oh man, hopefully, hopefully he can uh, get healthy. That's that's the biggest thing right now. <clears throat> no doubt. No doubt. All right, man. Uh, we're gonna Bye, wrap it here. We'll be back. Diego and I are gonna be back Thursday. For our beloved patrons over on patreon.com slash churros y tacticas. Link will be in the show notes. If you've always wanted to ask questions to Diego and I, and Diego knows and all of our patrons know, we take every single question that comes in on Patreon, no matter how controversial it is, no matter how much it's going to break us apart, we answer the question. So if you've been dying, all these people who talk shit in the comments on YouTube, you want to get us to actually engage with you and respond to you, patreon.com slash tacticas. You can talk all the shit you want within reason, you know, within reason. Be respectful, please. Be respectful. respectful. Make your shit talking the respectful. Good thing is that, the good thing is that those that do join are very respectful. My they are. That's how we filter you. them out. Yeah. The respectful shit talkers uh, are patrons. And uh, we bring them in and we, we will entertain them and we will answer the questions and we will be held accountable for what we say on the podcast by them. So join it. Uh, you can ask us questions. We do a mailbag every week. So on Thursday, on Wednesday, we'll put out a call for our questions to our patrons over on patreon.com. We'll go through them and answer them. And that episode is only for patrons. So again, patreon.com. One last time for the cheap seats in the back. Diego, thanks for joining, man. And enjoy the rest of your week. We will chat Thursday, my man. Peace out.
Yes, sir. Sounds good. Peace, peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.